everyone. Welcome back to Mercy Talk. This is Melanie Wise. And this is Jen Otero. And we just want to wish you a happy beginning of September. Hopefully you were able to tune in with us last month as we talked through the area of spiritual gifts. I know it was actually really fun to chat through. Mm, kind yeah. of talk that all through. But this month, we're beginning a new series, as we really do just about every month. It's kind of becoming a thing where every month we kind of have something we focus on. And this month, we are going to be focusing on the area of addictions, but not addiction as you would typically think. This month, we really want to discuss other areas of addiction, such as food, social media, shopping, work, sex, areas that meet a need that's mm-hmm. actually a really healthy need, um, but can become an addiction in our lives, much like substances can. Right. And, you know, as as many of you know, if you've been around Mercy Talk or just Mercy in general, mm-hmm. we talk a lot about the importance of getting to the roots of the issues that we struggle with and the yeah. things that you just listed you know when we talk about the analogy of the tree the the things that you just listed mm-hmm. would really be characterized as branches on the tree behavioral right. things that we turn to because of root issues that we have mm-hmm. and that we struggle with and so we're going to kind of try to link the two of those things right. as we go throughout this conversation because I think sometimes it's hard for people to wrap their minds around that analogy mm-hmm. until we can really start getting practical and talking about this is how these things can play out in our lives and so even for example what you just mentioned the you know um maybe addiction to food or addiction to shopping at the root of that is often a need for comfort and somehow filling that need with something that becomes an addiction Mm -hmm. and so we're going to just really be talking about lots of different examples of that over the coming weeks yeah really and focusing in because I think so often we can get stuck on the branches of the tree Mm -hmm. and talk through just addiction even on some of these outlying things it can be a great discussion on these branches right but really what we want to really be mindful of over the next actually two months as we talk this through on different topics is the reality that addictions meet actually a healthy need. There's a Mm -hmm. healthy need. Control Mm -hmm. is healthy. Comfort is healthy. Those things are needed. But what happens is these addictions creep in and start to meet a need in an unhealthy way. Sure. And so we are excited once again to invite back our fellow staff member and partner in crime here at Mercy, who is our executive director of counseling service. Brooke is back with us today. And for those of you that know or may not know, she has a really lengthy history of working with individuals that have struggled with addiction. And so we are so, so glad and excited for Brooke to be back with us. Hi, Brooke. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me back. (laughs) Always good to have you. So, um, Brooke, we are going to really spend some time today specifically just kind of laying a foundation on this whole area of addiction as a whole before we kind of start talking more about specific roots and specific addictions Mm -hmm. and how those can play out. So, to start us off, can you just share a little bit about your history in working with addiction just to give some background on what you've done? Yeah, so for the last 10 years, I've been working um, in and out of the field of addiction. So as kind of we, uh, I don't say commercially know it in the sense of substance abuse, adolescent addiction treatment, adult addiction treatment, um, but also uh, prior to that, working with parents in the piece of, you know, how to help become the family support for their child once they get out of addiction treatment, Mm -hmm. um, working through curriculum for families and those struggling with substances. Um, And then the other piece of that is I've had just because God has given me this experience of working with a lot of couples and families Mm -hmm. um, through addiction to other things, pornography, Mm -hmm. shopping, you know, financial issues, kind of doing all of that. Um, And so I've had really just an amazing um, decade 
Which yeah, sounds really, funny sounds we really yeah, <laughs> amazing. 10 years of working kind of in all aspects. Um, but yeah, the most recent is actually with substance abuse um, and all that. And of course, here we work you know, mm-hmm. with every level of, sure. of addiction uh, here at Mercy. So, yeah, that's what it's Got a lot it, to And say. I love it. Yes. And it's been fun. And working with people and watching them be free of that is just the mm-hmm. absolute so best awesome. part of my job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is why we have Brooke join mm-hmm. us. Exactly. <laughs> I do not have a decade of doing that. <laughs> Me so. neither. <laughs> so, yay for Brooke coming to join us today. So, I guess, Brooke, as we often do, it's always helpful to start off with a good, solid baseline definition. Right. And what addiction is as a whole. So could you kind of kick us off there? Yeah, I will. So I'm going to do, you know, one of my favorite things is uh, Merriam-Webster. So I'm going <laughs> to talk with, um, I'm going to read this definition and then kind of talk it through a little yeah. bit. Um, so according to the dictionary, uh, addiction is a compulsive need for and use of a habit-forming substance. Their example is heroin, nicotine, alcohol characterized by tolerance and by well-defined physiological symptoms upon withdrawal. Mm -hmm. So broadly, persistent compulsive use of a substance known by the user to be harmful. Right. Another piece, if you just kind of look up, so say what's addiction, and it'll say you're addicted to a substance thing or activity, Mm -hmm. which I think is funny because you're like, yeah, I asked what addiction actually is. You can't tell me. (laughs) Um, But I think a simple way is just to think of the compulsive need for a substance, a thing, or an activity, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. The dependence of the habit, uh, they somebody listed as like a habit, and I really, I don't like that. Yeah. I think the habit of something, you know, is just not the, um, kind of doesn't have the stronghold or the, right. the roots in your life that sure. the dependence on mm-hmm. something would have. So I really like to think of it like that, the compulsion to do it or the dependence upon substance thing or activity Mm -hmm. which is much more than just a habit yes yeah sure that's such a good i have a habit of getting starbucks yeah i may or may not die (laughs) if i don't get it that's true it is but yeah Yeah. (laughs) well so brooke i mean i'm thinking that there may be people listening who just haven't really maybe they've never really known anyone closely who's struggled with an addiction and they haven't ever so can you even just give some information just on like how does it work and why you know why is it such an issue in our culture today you know i think it's funny because anytime uh words are a funny thing okay so follow me on this right (laughs) so we like to say like you know i'm depressed i'm um bipolar i'm you know whatever i'm addicted to x y and z but we don't actually define Mm -hmm. what that means and what Mm -hmm. that is and so you know we say it jokingly like someone would be like i am addicted to coffee or whatever you know Mm -hmm. and so i think there's kind of this level of people having just a cultural thought of what that is of just a word that we use and not understanding the depth of it and then if you sat back and go okay but like are you really addicted to right Right. Mm -hmm. you know and for someone like me i may have to evaluate that at a deeper level but (laughs) and some of you may as well you know but so i kind of i want to say that with this this is not um in a joking way so we're talking about addiction in the true Mm -hmm. sense of the word going back to dependence compulsion that sort of thing but really addiction works um and there's two schools of thought there's disease model and that's more with substances and we'll talk about that in a little bit but then there's also um just in the function of life like Mm -hmm. the other aspects of it and so even with disease model there starts as a need Mm -hmm. right a need or an experience 
okay? And these can kind of be one and the same. So there can be um, loneliness. It can be a deep sadness. It can be dealing with shame from past trauma. It can be having just trauma that we just need to drown these things out. It can be, you know, whatever, like when we discussed um, pornography, just a need to frankly just feel better Mm -hmm. and the thing you know and so then so we have a need then we have use a substance a thing or an activity right the need is then met meaning i feel sad well now i've used a drug um done an activity um or used a thing whatever and kind of whatever that could be and then the need is met so now i feel better Right, And so when we have those experiences, what happens is, obviously emotionally, like I don't want to feel things anymore. Mm -hmm. So I did this thing. I'll pick on shopping. Right. Okay. So I go shopping. I feel better. And and so that helps me. Right. Well, then it reinforces physiologically, too. Because it does increase dopamine, serotonin, all those aspects of the brain. People that are addicted to working out. Okay. Which is actually a thing. I don't know anyone that does that. But, um, you know. Not me. Not me. Not me. Um, No one in my social circle. But, uh, you know, but people who are addicted to that. Right. So, I mean, and which working out is a huge recovery from substances because Mm -hmm. it does help heal your brain and it helps meet those same needs right Right. so when used in a healthy way that's amazing right but then if we go too far with it same deal so i'm meeting physiologically then then it goes from this is something that felt good to Mm -hmm. now my body needs this Mm -hmm. hence the compulsion and the dependence right so we can become i'm going to say go ahead and say like uh, emotionally and spiritually dependent on it but we can also become physiologically dependent on it do you feel like it always begins with an emotional need or is that too strong of a assumption? Yeah, I don't think you can say always mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. <laughs> In right? general. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, just working with, you know, and again, with the substance piece, like obviously, I mean, there are literally children born sure. addicted to substances. Right. There are, you know, all of these nuances that can happen mm-hmm. um, throughout that. But yes, for, you know, I would say generally, there's a place that, mm-hmm. you know, anything we do that we consciously know as harmful, mm-hmm. right? No one stands up for the most part not even said look I'm going to start using extremes not (laughs) not no one most people don't go I'm going to do this thing that is going to kill me and it doesn't make me happy so that's right Right, right. so so what you do is the risk is worth the reward Mm -hmm. so there is a need that's being met whatever that can be if it's smoking a cigarette like there's no one for the most part that doesn't know that smoking cigarettes is not great for your right. health, right? Mm-hmm, I mean, we mm-hmm. they've marketed the heck out of that. There are a lot of people that still do it because mm-hmm. to them, the risk is worth whatever they get out yep. of it. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, mm-hmm. that yeah. makes perfect sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, would you say, Brooke, that there are like kind of leading into this question is a good one? Is do you feel like there's any overall myths or misconceptions about addiction as a whole that would just be helpful to debunk? Isn't that a fun word to debunk in this conversation, especially as we're just kind of setting that foundation on addiction as a whole? We understand some of the things that you've been talking about, but is in a whole, is there any myths that you feel like people can kind of tend to believe about addiction? Absolutely. I think there's two really um, strong ones mm-hmm. that I would like to address. So one, the first one being um, that 
it is not just substances. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we like to compare ourselves to other people. So it's kind of like, I'm addicted to chocolate cake. They're addicted to heroin. That's different. Mm -hmm. Right? And you're right. The consequences may be different and may look different. But the need and the hurt and the root of what is that substance or thing is trying to fill mm-hmm. is not that different. Right. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, perfect. So sense. they are harmful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're yep. both harmful. Um, and so, but a lot of people don't think that the things that they do to harm themselves that don't involve, you know, um, drugs or alcohol, that that then it's just not that big of a deal. Right. And so, you know, I want to say that one, you know, it's okay to evaluate and say, oh, maybe this is a big deal mm-hmm. and something I can attack in my life. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that's one piece. The other piece is that there is um, those that believe in the disease model of addiction, mm-hmm. um, which in, in which means that you have a disease, therefore you have to, uh, have an addiction, and there's kind of nothing you can do about it. That's the myth of that. Mm-hmm. Those that actually believe in the disease model know that not to, you know, that's not true. Right. Like, yes, maybe they believe that I have the disease of addiction and that this is something I will struggle with, but they don't believe there's nothing that can be done right. about it. And also, they also acknowledge that not everyone has the disease of addiction. Mm-hmm. So no matter where you land on either side of that fence, mm-hmm. you know, you're not exempt just because you think, well, I don't have the disease of addiction. And then also if you do, do. believe you mm-hmm. have the disease of addi- addiction, it doesn't mean that there's nothing you can do about it right. either. It is yeah. absolutely not hopeless. Yeah. You know, in that process. So how does that speak to the statement once an addict, always an addict? Like what would you say to someone mm-hmm. who would you know, ascribe to that statement. Yeah, bring that to the table. Right. You're like, oh, I think I'm struggling with addiction. There's nothing I can do. That's just absolutely not true. There's so many things. And, you know, of course, God can heal the depths of your soul that you think can't even be reached. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so many great stories about people who walk in freedom. Of course, being here at Mercy is amazing because we get to see that so true. all of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, So it's a constant encouragement yeah. for us. So Brooke, I think it's really interesting just whether you realize you've pointed it out or not, it's kind of hitting me as we're talking this through because earlier you said, you know, it is about the spirit. It is about the emotions. It is about the physicality of who we are as people. There's such a holistic part to all of this. Mm -hmm. And I think so often in culture and correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like it can be so much about, like we talked about the branches or just focusing on the behavior. Um, But that's one thing that I love about our work here at Mercy is that we do go after the holistic part of who we are. We go after the belief system. We go after making sure the behaviors. Of course, that's so important. You know, even talk about celebrate recovery or the things that you can put in place, accountability. Yes. All of that's so important. But if it's not coupled up with the inner places, really, you'll only be focusing on behaviors. Yes. That's so good. And I love that you, yeah, I, I was alluding to that, but sometimes, you know, the things in my head don't, yes. <laughs> don't always come across. So that's, I'm very thankful for you guys. Um, yeah, that's the piece. So you can, you know, you can take whatever you're doing away Mm -hmm. I like to you know you guys I like to use my chocolate cake so (laughs) I can go okay I never have another piece of chocolate cake but if I'm not healing the pieces that the the food you know Mm -hmm. the needs that the food meets Mm -hmm. then I will replace it with something Mm -hmm. else so good that's so important always Mm -hmm. now that I can say always too Mm -hmm. right we don't just stop things so even if you live a life 
um, you know, free from substances or free from whatever, you know, this is, it doesn't mean that you have been healed in these areas, you know, and and you'll see that a lot, you know, for, I'm going to kind of call out the people that have functioned in like the 12 step world and all that. You will see people who Mm -hmm. are at every meeting, they're doing everything, but they do not have a freedom in their life. Right. Right. They've just replaced you know, using a substance with being at a meeting all the time, talking to their sponsors, doing that. So, so you know, that's a great start. Mm-hmm. You're not using substances, but it does have to go deeper. You do have to heal from from that piece because you're using these things to not feel right. the hurt. Totally. And so, the hurt if the hurt stays, mm-hmm. something else is going to come in and, and cover it up and try and cover it up for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I- yeah. I think that's such an important point for anyone that's listening that's struggling or overcoming an area of addiction, but also for those that are helping or supporting. Because I think of so many times in counseling sessions with girls over in the home where they would start to overcome an eating disorder and then they would start to see something else pop up. Yeah. Suddenly I'm really drawn to harm myself or suddenly I'm exercising secretly in my room or because they would begin to take one thing and overcome it, but then they would replace it with something else. Right. And when they were able to really go, wow, I'm genuinely not struggling with any of these things is when they would begin to go, wow, I'm walking in freedom because I've done the inner places Mm -hmm. and I've dealt with the hurts. That's it. And also want to comment on that too, in that, you know, when we see other things pop up, Mm -hmm. I think the initial thought is, oh, I'm more messed up than I thought I was. But the truth is, is that no, 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 no this is popping up because there's areas that still need to be healed. So let's dig in and let's do that. And it actually probably means you're making progress. So really in hearing all of this, I think I'm just reminded once again, like I don't know how anybody really Mm -hmm. finds this complete freedom from any addiction, no matter what it is, apart from Jesus. I'm like, I just, because at, at the end of the day, when you're talking about this deep inner healing that has to happen and this like actual inner transformation that has to happen for someone to truly walk in freedom. Right. Like, I don't know where, I don't, again, I'm like, I don't know how this happens outside of Jesus mm-hmm. um, and how, I mean, because scripture even talks about how he is greater than our hearts. And I don't think there's anybody that's greater than my own heart. Like who mm-hmm. else has the ability to transform my heart? Right. And so I, I guess I'm just, again, reminded like, yeah, we always land there. Like mm-hmm. there's no, there's no answer to this apart from him. If you're really talking about complete freedom, there's like, you know, like you said, behavior modification. Right. There's just kind of like getting by, maybe, possibly. You're probably just going to be turning to something else. But like when you talk about real healing and freedom, I don't guess it's possible apart from him. Mm-hmm. So, And I think, too, with that, Mel, it really is the difference between good and great. You know, we talk about all these other things, whether it's Celebrate Recovery, 12 Steps accountability all of those things are so needed and mm-hmm. so important and i think for me they fall into that good category but it is when you bring in the spiritual component and you invite jesus in and you put like we talk about the keys to freedom when you begin to put those things into place whether it's forgiveness or inner healing or these different things when you couple both of those things together you genuinely are in a position to begin to overcome and to walk in freedom and mm-hmm. not just to maintain or manage things the rest of your life yeah so so important to keep that in mind you know so Brooke as we kind of get ready to wrap up today do you have any final thoughts encouragements anything else that you'd like to give our listeners before we wrap up yeah I think that I just really want people to be encouraged that they don't have to be afraid to let the Lord point out 
maybe areas in their life that mm-hmm. they are, you know, maybe it's not a full-blown addiction, right. maybe it's not whatever, but maybe you're using different things to cover hurts. Right, that's good. And just, just, you know, just kind of being bold in that with letting the Lord point that out mm-hmm. and putting it back on Him to do that. Right. And then I think the courage part comes in going, okay, yes, I am doing that, right? Mm-hmm. Acknowledge and then being able to reach out, whether that's, you know, accountability or a community, a church, a counselor, um, whatever resources that that can look like. Yeah. Um, so just inviting him into that space, letting him do the work to show you and then just accepting, all right, so I've got some work I need to do mm-hmm. because we all do. That's so true. Right. And avoiding it will always end up not well yeah you know um but but addressing it it may hurt for a little bit but the healing that comes from that is just so good yeah you know it is mm-hmm. so good not allowing yourself to minimize it to something less than what it is yeah you don't yeah. have to be afraid to do that yeah mm-hmm. you really i mean you really don't there are people that would love to walk through that with you yeah. you know and most importantly the lord would love to walk through that with you so, so good so good well brooke as always yes. thanks for being with us you're going to be with us a lot <laughs> so we're so grateful for your insight as always and you know i think just in having this conversation today i i want to be sure that we remind our listeners that if if you're listening, going like, okay, well, maybe there's something I do need to look at in my mm-hmm. own life or something I need to start facing. Or if you're saying like, man, I know some people who are struggling. I wish that I knew what I could do to help. Yeah. Um, and we've been talking a lot about letting Jesus into those places and this inner healing mm-hmm. and everything. So I'm just reminded about our Keys to Freedom study right. and that it really starts to introduce people to these ideas of how. Right. Because it's a great idea, but when you don't really know how you do that, like, okay, Jesus, mm-hmm. do your thing. Like, there really is a practical piece to that and, and your part in that. And so I think that that study really does start to lay that out well and lay that foundation out um, and give people real practical tools that they can, yes, do now. But also just kind of keep using throughout their life to walk in freedom. So I just encourage people, if you haven't checked that out, Mm -hmm. um, to go to our website um, at mercymultiplied.com. And you can get information all about that study. So we're excited to continue on with this conversation. And we'll be laying a little bit more of the foundational work in um, our next episode. But then start getting to specifics later. So Mm -hmm. we hope that you will join us then. 